Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Landon Barris, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrises. We have a very special guest today. Uh, it's, a, it's an old friend of mine. We uh, went to the same college together. We, uh, we're in the same ministry together. We serve the same God together. It's, uh, it's uh, the one and only Aaron Grabansky. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? Man, life couldn't be better. Can't complain. I hear you, brother. I hear you, brother. Oh man! So, Aaron, you are in Kentucky. Uh, what what town are you in right now? Um, I live in Shepherdsville. Our church is technically um, in Lebanon Junction, which is like five miles down the road, but nobody knows where that's at. So, I always say Shepherdsville. Right, right, right. It's outside of Louisville. Um, right, <laughs> Aaron. You know, um, w- Aaron and I, we, we kind of got reconnected a few months ago and started talking. And um, we, uh, like I said in the introduction, you know, we've, um, we went to the same college together. Um, Aaron, uh, most certainly, um, <laughs> he, he furthered his education than I did. Isn't that right, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if you want to get technical, yeah, probably just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Aaron, tell me, man. Tell me, um, what, um, what, what, what are you majored in, and what is your degree? Um, it's. I think it's technically a bachelor's in pastoral theology. Um, right. I mean, it's really all it is is just a piece of paper that says I know some stuff. But um, <laughs> I think I think technically it's it's yeah, it's a bachelor's in pastoral theology. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's more than I have. <laughs> I have a CDL. <laughs> did, did you did you make it at least as long to get that Bible certificate that they gave us? For like, I think uh, no, year. no, no, I didn't. Um, I only came for one semester. Now, oh, okay. Um, I did. I did get several other certificates because I took online classes, but that yeah. wasn't with Blessed Hope. Um, right. Aaron went to the exact uh, same college as Caleb Shaner did. Uh, the uh, youth pastor that was on the last episode, but um, but yeah, I got uh, several certificates of just different little things. Um, in fact, I forgot most of them. Just a bunch of little, you know, classes and Bible studies and all that good stuff. Right. But um, but uh, but no, nothing, nothing as far as you did, brother. Nothing as far as you did. Yeah. I uh, I went right after school. The right after school, I uh, I went to work. Excuse me. I'm drinking coffee right now. So, are you drinking anything? You got any water? You got anything I, with you? I, I have a, a good old fashioned uh, cup of Sprite right here. Ooh, <laughs> cup of Sprite. <laughs> oh yeah. No man. But I am a coffee well, I, drinker. I do. I do love coffee. Do you love coffee? Oh man, yes. How do you like your coffee, man? Uh, bro, I, I, I'm a wimp. I, I, I like I like a little <laughs> bit of coffee with my cream and sugar. That's uh, I like. That's what I like. <laughs> you like your coffee like you like your women sweet tan. <laughs> no, I, and the the, the 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 lighter the better. <laughs> the lighter the better. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, I like that cream and sugar, brother. I really do. Um, my grandpa drinks it. Uh, chicory, chicory coffee. I mean that that stuff looks like tar. It, I yeah. Mean, it just. When you pour it, it takes a second for it to hit the bottom. <laughs> I mean, it, is, it is bad. But well, he drinks I, I, that stuff, man. I, I figured I had enough hair on my chest. I didn't have to worry about black coffee. 
<laughs> I hear you, man. Maybe I need to drink more black coffee, man, because I got yeah. a lot of hair on my head, but I ain't got yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> just, 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 just cut it and 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 uh, glue it to your chest. That'll be just fine. There you go. <laughs> got to figure out something. <laughs> Aaron, you've been um here recently. Well, I guess not recently, but you did take a pretty big step. Um, you moved your family to Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. um. So the church you're serving, um, what's it called, and um, and how long have you been there, and what and what do you do there? So, um, pretty much, I mean, I'm looking at it roughly around, I don't know, three, four, five months or so after I graduated mm-hmm. college, um, a position opened up out here at Field of Grace Baptist Church um, as their associate pastor, and. Um, uh, my wife and I, we, at the time, we actually had several different um, opportunities um, to, to look at. A couple other churches were looking at us. And um, to be honest with you, actually, they were, uh, quote, unquote, better positions. Uh, they came with a little bit more glam, a little bit more. Um, really? Oh, um, I guess uh, financially, we would have been a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but we just didn't have peace on it. God really kind of drew our hearts um, out here to Kentucky, and we've been out here for a little over three years now, about almost three and a half years, wow. uh, serving as the um, associate pastor out here. <laughs> I, we we kind of help with the youth. I'm not really, it's not really where where we're called to be at. That's just kind of what needs to be done at, at our at this current time. We're really praying God will send us another guy that can kind of take over the youth and really grow it. But um, my main focus is the associate pastor kind of just helping uh, our senior pastor get done everything that needs to get done wow man so you moved your family and and it's it's incredible brother you uh you decided to move your family to uh so you know to all the way to 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 kentucky even though you had a better opportunity somewhere else even though you could have made more money somewhere else, even though you could have possibly had, you know, just, just in, in general been better off in, in, in another church, but instead you, you, you relied on God and you knew where God was leading you and you just, you, yeah. you, you took it. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, we had, we had two other opportunities where we would have been able to be paid full-time staff whereas here uh, I am considered full-time staff, but I also work a full-time job. And then, of course, we have also a couple other, uh, we have a couple other items of the fire, different things we're trying to get up and going, working yeah. for ourselves. But, um, but yeah, I, we just didn't have peace about it, man. It's just something, God just really knitted our hearts with this church in a very short amount of time. And we just knew, we just knew this is where God wanted us. Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, there's so many people, you know, like, you know, just just from a job standpoint, I mean, you go like the, the mentality that, or, well, you know, the, the mindset of a, of a man, you know, to go to success is more like, you know, you go where the money is, um, sure. you go, whatever, you know, whichever direction gets you up higher, gets you up, you know, up the ranks faster, but, but you took a bold step. Was there any doubt, Aaron, uh, with you and your family, your wife, you know, how did, how did she handle it all? It was, was there a lot of discussion? Was there, <laughs> was there arguments? Yeah. I mean, how, yeah. did, how did all well, that play out? Man, it, it was, it was really kind of, kind of weird. So we, 
when we were we first came up here, I, I had come up to help do uh, work a week of camp for um, at the time. Uh, I didn't know the pastor at the time, and um, uh, our friend of ours that you also know, Seth Johnson. Yeah, knew, his old Seth. Uh, yeah, yeah, knew of Brother uh, EJ, um, our our current pastor, and um, he he was starting up a new camp and um, wanted some help running this one week. And so me and Seth came up. And that's how I met Pastor EJ. And then I was about two, three months later, he calls me back and says, hey, I want you to come up and um, help me do that little weekend back to school camp. It's like, a, you know, just a Friday night, Saturday type thing. So I want you to preach and, and then be with us on Sunday. And so um, he said, well, I want you to bring your wife this time. And so uh, he, you know, didn't he didn't didn't say anything to me at all. I, I just could kind of just felt like the Lord was doing something. He was he was uh, starting something. And so on our way up, I told my wife, I said, "You need I need you to see if this is something that you could do. If is this somewhere that you could go? Is this somewhere where you could live?" Um, I moved my wife ten hours away from her family, which is as wow. far the farthest she's ever been away from her family um and so we go up there and um and then you know the first time when i was up here for that week of camp me and pastor they just really clicked we just kind of really hit it off and then i brought my wife up here uh, her and miss whitney our pastor's wife they also kind of just clicked that saturday evening after that uh, that weekend uh youth camp um uh, they took some supper and, and he just kind of shared his heart said, you know, I, I, I need some help where our church is growing. Um, I've reached the place where, um, where I just, I need, I need somebody to come up and work beside me. And, uh, and he was straight up for, he said, I can't pay you nothing. You know, I can't, can't do anything, but you know, I believe God will uh, provide and, and, and do, uh, do what he said he would. So uh, we went home and prayed about it for about a month. And like I said, we had those other offers, and the, the more we prayed about them and the more we prayed about this, um, God just really pulled both of our hearts this direction. There, we did, there wasn't no arguments. There wasn't no. And my wife, you know, bless her heart. She's uh, a wonderful woman. She would have followed me anyway. Um, but, she, you know, she shared her heart. She said, you know, this is the direction I believe God wants us to go. And I was like, well, that's the direction that I believe God wants us to go. And yeah. so we just, we just knew, um, it just got kind of confirmed it in both of our hearts um, that that's where we needed to go. And how does, how does that work? How do you, can you, can, is it possible to explain to me, how do you know God's leading you somewhere? How do you know when God's saying, Aaron, I want you to go to Kentucky, to Shepherdsville, Kentucky, and uh, be associate pastor there? When, when obviously, you know, you were getting calls from other churches and a better opportunity, you could say the grass was greener over here, but yet God was, you saying God was leading you to this church. What is that feeling? Is, is just, is it a feeling? Is it just a, it, does it become a desire? You know, how does, how does that play out? Well, what it was is, is God literally dropped a huge billboard right in front of our front yard and said, go to Shepherdsville. Kentucky. <laughs> I wish, I wish it was that, that easy and simple. Um, you know, I, I would say it's, it's, it's kind of a, of a mixture of things, uh, you know, different decisions in my life. God has used scripture to confirm things. 
Uh, in other areas, God has used people to confirm things. Um, in, in this, you know, I, I would say it was a mixture of, of feelings and, and just knowing. I, I, I mean, it, I don't know how to explain it more than that. The more we prayed about it, the more less peace or and, and the more, I guess, uneasy we felt about um, those other places and the more peace and the more, um, I wouldn't say ease or maybe at ease we felt yeah. about coming here. I and mean, it, it was just, it was just one of those things. I really don't know any other way to say it other than just, we just knew that this was where God wanted. And, and even ever since then, we've never had any doubts that this is where God wants us. Since then, I've had a couple of people, had a call from a church over in Ohio, wanted us to come over and, and, uh, and pray about pastoring, uh, not just being assistant, but being the, you know, the senior pastor at the mm-hmm. church. Um, there's another church, over in uh, Missouri since then that was interested in us coming over being the youth pastor. And, um, and each time, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I'd always go preach, you know, I don't ever just shut a door off that I think, you know, that the Lord might be opening, but even in those situations, I just, you know, I'm, I'm already where God wants me. And, um, you know, beyond that, I, man, I wish, I wish there was a way I could say, you know, it's it's this, you know, this step and then this step and then this step, but it's just one of those things that you just know, and uh, it's just God kind of puts it in your heart. Wow, you know, it's funny because you know we we try and look back and and at our lives and and say, wow, you know, every choice I've made, every journey I've I've t- every step I t- took, you know, at, my journey has led me to this point. And, and you, could, yeah. you could possibly say that about your situation, but your situations was more like you had a choice. You know, you had like multiple uh, choices and some of them were even better, but you, you still followed God. And it's it's more than it's not. It's I, I love how you said <laughs> I love what you said about the billboard. You know, it's hey, man, it's pretty much a billboard and said, hey, go this way. But <laughs> yeah. but it wouldn't that be the easy way out. But, uh, you know, um, but it's it's uh, it's more like it's just laid upon your heart. And, you know, a lot of preachers describe being called. It's almost like a burden. It's almost like, you yeah. know, uh, th- this is what God wants. And, you know, a lot of times we can't explain it. You know, right. um, I-, I told Caleb Shane on the last episode, you know, hey, I, I begged God to call me to preach. I begged him. And well, what I mean yeah. by that, uh, Aaron, is uh, to pastor. Um, especially right. after Bible college and, uh, I didn't go back cause I started working. I, I had a, I had a, an unknown desire in my heart to, uh, to serve mm-hmm. God. And I, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to say unknown cause I knew it, but, um, I, I begged God to call me to preach and he never did. But, um, during that time he's, I still studied, I grown and, uh, uh now I'm the considerably the youth pastor, which I, I don't really like to call myself that because I, sometimes I feel like a youth pastor should be like a pastor in training, kind of like you, you know, but you're obviously more than just pastor training, you're an associate pastor. But, um, but uh, you know, that was, that was kind of my journey with that is, you know, it, it just yeah. opportunities came up and then you just knew. You just knew this is right. this is what God wants. You know, I don't right. I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't like it was um, billboards or green lights. Go here, go here, you know, or an instruction right. manual. Step one, step two. It was more just like this is what God wants. And and only I'm only I know only I can tell right. you, can tell you that 
this is what it's not like God lays it on a group of people like your mom and dad and your mom and dad tell you, Hey, God has told us to, you know, make you a pastor. <laughs> it just, sure, right, it's, right. it's, it's funny how the Lord works in, 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 in those ways. Um, you know, I would certainly would say that it, it did help, you know, that my wife was on board. Well, not, not even just on board, but that God was giving her the same peace that he was giving me, you know, and I, I don't necessarily believe that every, even in, in that, you know, a marriage, you know, relationship, God may not always, the wife may not always see what God is doing or, or directing right. her husband, which is why the husband is the head of home. But it certainly did help that, that while God was confirming things in my heart, he was also confirming those same things in my wife's heart. And so there, there wasn't, you know, I, I have a convincing period or anything that or just trust me. But rather, God's telling her the very same things He's telling me. So you know that that always helps as well. Right, right, and that's interesting, Aaron, because you know you 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 say that in a marriage where two people may not always think the same, but they're they're both serving the same God and they're both trying to go the same direction. But sure. um, sometimes uh, the Lord leads them together. Other times, uh, there's possible where they, they, they just view things differently and they see things differently. Um, right. whether right or wrong, it's, um, is what was laid on their heart. Aaron, I want to ask you a few questions if you don't mind, uh, since you are, you no, pastor, I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, not a, an associate pastor and I want to put you on the spot. Is that okay? <laughs> no, man. Um, <laughs> Let me have it. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, there's a lot of topic, going around and I don't know if you know this, but my, um, my podcast is filled with a lot of young people. Um, yeah, we have, uh, we average, our listeners are an average of, um, 18 to 32. That's, that's my average. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a very broad, uh, n- numerous of people. Uh, I do average in the forties and fifties and, uh, one person in the, in their sixties, which is my granny. Hey, granny, I love you. Uh, and, uh, and my parents <laughs> and my, <laughs> my parents and my, uh, my family members, but, um, and some close family friends also. And I, and I love that they're listening and everything, but Aaron, I want to, want to ask you, um, some questions. Like I said, there's been a lot of conversation about certain topics, and uh, not just in young people's hearts and minds, but also in older people's and just people of all ages. Um, the first topic I want to ask you is about alcohol. Um, there's a lot of conversation where a lot of people say, you know, alcohol in general is wrong. It's, I mean, if you consume alcohol, it is a sin and that, and that is wrong. And um, people on my podcast know I, I'm on that side of the boat. I believe right. that alcohol you consume alcohol it can lead nothing to but to destruction it can it can destroy families it can destroy lives it's uh it's wrong you shouldn't even do it um that's that's my personal belief um but um but aaron you know what 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 do you think about alcohol if i'm gonna read one verse and it's a verse i i normally go to because you know we everyone knows the uh the verse about jesus turning water into wine and and serving it um Mm-hmm. personally uh just what little knowledge i have and study and you know kind of the feeling um i i, I personally believe that was grape juice um i believe uh-huh. that uh that god when 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 wine back in those days was made it was cl- it was just 
it wasn't fermented. It wasn't rotten. It was straight up just juice off the vineyard. And, um, uh-huh. and God turned water into wine, which is just pretty much grape juice. Um, it didn't have time to ferment. It didn't have time to get to make it to where you could get drunk off of. And it was a, sure. to me, I believe it was an expensive beverage. You know, it, it, it wasn't like water that you could drill a well and take it up any time and boil it or whatever you did sure. with it. Um, that's that's my personal belief, but there's also a verse I like to bring up that most people uh, don't know about, and um, and it's 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 pretty straightforward verse, but um, I know there's more to it, and I was wanting to uh, explain it to you. It's in Proverbs chapter twenty, and it's the very first verse of Proverbs twenty, uh-huh. uh, chapter one. I mean Proverbs uh, chapter. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Proverbs twenty. 20 yeah, to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, yes. And um, I'll read it to you real quick. And if you have your Bible, I don't know if you do or not. But, um, I do. Oh, good. <laughs> Look, you're like, you're like Caleb, your typical Christian, just right there. Well, I, I, I say I have, I, I've got my, my Bible program here on my oh. computer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hey, either way, man, the Word of God's available. But um, anyways, um, Proverbs chapter 20, verse one, it says, wine is a mocker. Strong Uh drink is raging. And whosoever Uh is deceived thereby is not wise. Aaron, I'll just give you an example of what what I personally believe. Now, mind you, this is literally I don't this is no theological study. This isn't something I've come up with because I've listened to a bunch of people. This is, I've read this verse, and this is what applies to me. Um, I see that wine is a mocker, that it's, uh, it's a terrible thing to do. It's, uh, it can make you into something. It can make you a fool, is what I believe. Strong drink is raging. I believe that when you drink strong drink, uh, you, can, uh, you become enraged and out of character, and you do stuff that's, um, that's wrong. You know, you, you're, uh-huh. you're not in your sober mind, and I believe that's uh-huh. wrong. Uh, when I read, uh, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise, I believe, this is what I believe, I believe that if you do drink wine, and if you do drink uh, alcohol, um, and you believe it's okay, you're unwise, and I don't think that that's right, I, I, I believe that, you know, alcohol is wrong, you shouldn't drink it, but what do you think, Aaron, what do you think that verse is, um, is explaining? Well, um, so, uh, I, I'm going to go probably a, a little deep in that if, if you don't mind um, oh that's what I'm here for that's what I'm here to listen so to. <laughs> so let, 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 let me let me start off by saying uh, I, I used to take the position that you take um, really? that uh, alcohol is uh, in any stretch of the imagination is uh, wrong uh, now most people don't know that I've changed my position so if you're listening to this and you Know me, congratulations! You're one of the first leaders. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily personally believe that alcohol in and of itself is wrong. Uh, that it's wrong to drink. Um, but before we get into that, let, let let me start off by saying I, I do. There are certainly some definite warnings in the Word of God uh, concerning alcohol. Uh, most of which, most you'll, you'll find will be in the book of Proverbs. Um, right. it, uh, now, something we need to understand about Proverbs, which you've already read one verse out of it, but a proverb, 
the book of Proverbs is exactly that. It's a book of Proverbs. It's the, the, each verse uh, or every, sometimes it, they'll, they'll group several of them together. Um, they're a proverb. And, but what is a proverb? A proverb is a short sentence often repeated. It's expressing a well-known truth or common fact ascertained by experience or observation. Um, a maximum of wisdom. That's what Webster's 1828 says about proverb. Um, so you know, An the old book of proverbs. Yeah, the, uh, I love wow. Webster's 1828. <laughs> but so the the book of proverbs is not necessarily a book of promises or commands, although it may contain or repeat those very things. But there, it's not necessarily everything in it uh, is as such. Not everything in the book of proverbs is God commanding this, or is God. Uh, promising uh, a certain thing. Uh, it, it's, it's simply the majority of it is just simply wise sayings, wise um, things that you could live by, but not necessarily God saying, thou shalt this or thou shalt not that. Or if you do this, this will happen. For example, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, the Bible says, tramp a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let me ask you, Lincoln, how many kids do you know that had a good mom and daddy uh, that, that did what was right, raised their kids in the way that they should have gone? Yet when their kids got old enough and were, and were allowed to decide for themselves and they could choose their own path, they went completely against yeah. what they were taught their entire life. Now, you will have a greater chance, I believe, uh, if you raise your kids in the way that they should go, that they're going to turn out right. Um, right. but I mean, I would venture to say that you, you could name off a few people that came from the right homes, but when they got out, man, they did a complete 180. And no, man, I, I, could, I, could, I couldn't even count them on my hands and toes. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I mean, so that using that as an example, that is in the book of Proverbs, but it's not necessarily a guaranteed promise. Um, it is something that, that definitely will be you know, you have a greater chance at, I mean, it's better to try to train them in the way they should go uh, than, than to just leave them to make their own decisions their entire life. You're certainly not going to get anywhere with that. But it's also, it's important to note that on any subject, God says what he means and he means what he says. Um, God is not the author of confusion. First Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace and as in all churches of the saints. God we, we don't have to sit here and read the word of God per se and say, all right, what did God really mean about that? Okay, I understand he's saying this, but but what does he really mean? What is the hidden uh, you know, answer to this? There is no hidden answer. Now, that, that doesn't mean we understand everything in the word of God. I don't believe anybody will ever understand everything in the word of God, mm-hmm. at least not until we get to heaven. But God is not up there going... <clears throat> All right, how can I confuse this person? Or, 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 or I'm gonna put this in the Word of God just to make you guess at what I'm talking of what I'm talking about. Right. Now, going into with all that being said, going into the the, the session of alcohol. Any time we want to define what a certain word means, um, the best way to do, especially when it's used in multiple different ways. Um, the best way to do that, and you may remember in college, they teach us the law first mentioned, okay. which is going back to the very first time that something is mentioned in the word of God to define what that uh, word means um, predominantly throughout the word of God. And if you'll go to Genesis chapter 
number nine, verse number 21, this is after Noah has built the ark. The flood has already taken place. They've come now off of the ark. And Noah is caught uh, in a drunken state. Uh, in verse 21, he says that he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. So now this wine is not talking about grape juice. It is talking about fermented wine. It's talking about mm -hmm. alcohol, an alcoholic beverage. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gotten drunken. And so he, dr he, he drank of the wine and was drunken. So there's two different things that taking place. One, he's drinking an alcoholic beverage, and then after so much of it, he has become drunk. Now, uh, let's look at some of the warnings that we will find in the Word of God concerning alcohol. You mentioned one of them. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Now, Right. To really understand this verse, we've got to understand what these words mean. We've got to define these words. And a lot of folks will want to try to take these words and try to go to the Greek, which I'm not necessarily against. You know, go to the Greek or Hebrew. But I, I personally believe that we can grab a, a real understanding by just going to uh, trying to figure out what these words meant when the, or, uh, when the translators translated them in their day. I don't think we have to go to the Greek or the Hebrew to understand what they mean. So if we go back to if we use eight, Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is what's going to be give us the definitions of what these words meant when these translators uh, translated the Bible, you're going to find that wine means the fermented juice of grapes as the wine of the Mandarin uh, uh, grape. Forgive me for mispronouncing these <laughs> The wine. <laughs> yeah, the wine of the Burgundy or uh, Alperto, however you say that. The juice of certain fruits prepared with sugar, spirits as current wine, um, intoxication. Uh, it gives us uh, an explanation or an example of that. It just is mine. It says Noah woke from his wine. Uh, it means drinking. Proverbs chapter 20, uh, 23, they that tarry long at the wine. Um, so wine means, according to this, it means it is a, an alcoholic beverage, not grape juice, but an alcoholic beverage. And the reason why I point that out is because, um, like you said, a lot of folks do, and even yourself, say you believe that wine many times in the Word of God is, means grape juice. But if God says what he means and he means what he says, then why did the translators translate these words into wine and not grape juice. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I find a little bit hard to believe, especially when you find throughout the word of God, the, uh, they, they, they translate grapes into grapes. It's not a different word. And so they knew what grape juice was. So if it meant grape juice, why did they put wine instead, especially if God's not all the confusion and now everybody's confused. Well, did it mean wine or did it mean grape juice? Did it mean this or did it mean, no, 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 God's not in that. God says what he means and means what he says. Now, hold on to that as we go a little bit further. The word mocker means one that mocks a scorner, a scoffer, a derider. Raging means acting with violence or fury, uh, furious, impetuous, vehemently driven or agitated as the raging sea or tempest. Again, we're, we're talking about warnings that the word of God gives. So wine is a mocker, 
strong drink is raging, and whosoever deceived thereby is not is not wise. With these definitions, we can conclude that Solomon is definitely talking about alcohol. We can also conclude that he's also talking about these substances being abused to the point of drunkenness. If right. you or I were to have a single glass of wine or a single shot of, say, whiskey, which would be considered strong drink, right. we would more than likely not be intoxicated to the point of mockery or, or losing our wits about ourselves, being to a place where we don't, uh, we're not ourselves, which is what he means by saying mockery. Uh, we wouldn't be intoxicated to the point where we are raging losing our temper, becoming outraged, being furious, uh, being uh, acting with violence um, by just a drink um, of it. Now, two drinks, maybe three drinks, we might would, reaching that point of drunkenness. Psalm is simply saying to his son, he's saying too much of these substances will produce a bad thing, drunkenness. And whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Those who are saying, well, you know, this isn't going to hurt if I have another drink. Well, maybe it will. You know, this isn't going to affect me if I have just two more or or if I've already had 10, one more isn't going to hurt. Well, you are not wise. You've been deceived into thinking that you can handle this when you can't not. Now, let me also, I should have prefaced this too. I am not saying that one should or should not drink wine. Uh, we're having this, this discussion of whether or not is it right or is it wrong? Is it a sin right. or is it not a sin? So keeping those things in mind, I believe that verse is not saying that um, whoever's deceived uh, thereby is not wise by drinking these things, but whoever's deceived by thinking uh, that you can handle drunkenness, you are not wise. You have been deceived in that. Now, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 19 through 21, he says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of, of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. He says, be not among wine-bibbers, those who have become drunken. These people who are just constantly drinking all day, and all they are is uh, they're drunkards. Don't hang around <laughs> drunk people. Is what he's, he's, he's not saying. Don't drink the wine. He's saying don't hang around drunk people. You're, you're going to get drunk, and then drunk yeah. is not good. Drunk is bad. Uh, Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verses twenty-nine through thirty-two. He says, "Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath uh, contentions? Who hath babbling? Uh, who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine." Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. It has several questions there in verse number 29. And then it answers those questions in verse number 30. Again, speaking of being drunk or those seeking mixed wine, uh, to seek is to go in search of or, or to quest of, to look for, to search for by going from place to place. Um, he also talks about mixed wine. Uh, the word mix is promiscuous, consisting of various kinds of different things. Uh, this is someone seeking fulfillment and satisfaction in alcohol. This is not saying that what you, this passage is not saying that drinking it is bad, but he's saying those who have 
who are seeking fulfillment and seeking satisfaction in alcohol, you're the one that's an idiot. <laughs> you're the one right, yeah. that's at the, at the end of it. it. It's going to bite you like a serpent and it's going to sting, sting you like an adder. It, it is not going to fulfill you. In fact, it is going to do the opposite when you seek uh, fulfillment and satisfaction because those who do that, you'll find them one bottle isn't, isn't enough. You know, you, you, th- those are the ones you're going to find passed out on the couch with three or four bottles uh, of, of empty beers or wine or whatever it is that they like to drink uh, down there when they're passed out with a puddle of puke sitting next to them. You know, that's, <laughs> the, the, those are, yeah, those are the, the craziness right there. And that's mm-hmm. what he's warning against. He's not necessarily saying this is, this drink is wrong, but too much of this and, and seeking to fulfill yourself in this uh, is wrong. Let me give you at least one more here on, on the warnings. Proverbs chapter 31, verse number four. He says, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Here Solomon, again, is advising his son, who's about to be in a major leadership position to not be drinking all of the time, because as king, he needs to be sober-minded at all times. He needs to be able to discern right from wrong and what direction he needed to lead the nation of, at every second of, of the day. Not that he couldn't have a glass of wine at supper time, but that he should remain sober. Uh, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for as, uh, for as your adversary the devil walketh about as, as a roaring lion seeking to remain devour. Uh, we need to keep our wits about ourselves. Uh, we don't need to intoxicate ourselves where we can't think uh, clearly, where we can't think straight, uh, where we can't be sober-minded. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't have a glass of wine, you know, uh, when you're eating your feds in the Alfredo, which sounds amazing right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I hope I'm making sense. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Stop me if I'm going too fast there. But, um but yeah, I, there's certainly some warnings concerning, and there, there's plenty more. You can look at Leviticus chapter 10, verse 9, Numbers uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, 1 Peter 4, 3, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, uh, Ephesians 5, 18. Let me read that one to you. It says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, every time you find where God uh, warns about these substances, it is always talking about taking it too far and intoxicating yourself, being coming a drunk. Now, if I may, do we still have time here? Yes, absolutely. We still good? We, yeah, absolutely. Let, let me, let, let, let's point out some positives to it. Believe it or not, there are actually some positives in the Word of God about this. Mm-hmm. John chapter number 2, verses 1 through 10. And let's, we'll read all 10 verses so we can gain the context of what's taking place. He says, in the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. You actually referenced this not, not uh, just a little bit ago. Yeah. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when, they, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. He's talking about it's it's not my time to to start my earthly ministry. Uh, yeah. What do you want me to do? I'm not. You know what I can do, but why are you wanting me to do this? This is it's not my time yet. His mother saith unto the servants, "Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it." And there 
were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three uh, firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of Israel had tasted the water, notice this, that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. He's saying, man, usually they you, they put out the good stuff at first, and when everybody's drunk, where they don't, where they can't even tell what's good and what's bad, then they yeah. bring out the bad stuff. But you've saved even the good stuff for now. Now, tell me, did Jesus turn water into grape juice, or did he turn water into wine? <laughs> you know that that's that i mean really that's where it's to, to me and again i'm not here to try to convince you per se I, i'm just going to give you yeah. my, my side of it but he's, he's to me it's pretty clear here he's saying that look most of the time when we're all wasted that's when y'all bring out the bad stuff but you've saved the best stuff you've saved the good wine until now so again let's define wine as it was meant when they first translated the word, the Bible wine, the fermented juice of grapes as the wine of the ma uh, mandarin grape, wine of Burgundy or Opertoe, the juice of certain fruits prepared with sugar spirits intoxication. This is what that word meant when they translated the word of God. Nothing in there says grape juice. All of that is defining a fermented, an alcoholic, beverage when they when they translated the word of god that's what that word meant now psalm 104 verses 14 and 15 says he causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth and wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine and bread which strengtheneth man's heart and these are positives of wine what does glad mean well, glad means to be pleased, affected with pleasure or moderate joy, moderately happy, cheerful, joyous, uh, wearing the appearance of joy as a glad countenance. So he's saying wine maketh glad the heart of man. Wine, man, is pleasing. It makes a man cheerful, bring joyous uh, things to his heart. Amos chapter 9, verse 14, I will bring again the captivity of my people. Of it, uh, my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards, listen to this, and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. This is God speaking through Amos, saying he will deliver his people from their bondage at the time. And when he does, they will plant vineyards and they will drink the wine that it produced. Now, that last one here, and then I'll, well, I'll let you have your uh, your say of it. First Timothy chapter five verse twenty three. Paul is speaking to Timothy here, and he says, "Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake, and thine and thine often infirmities." Obviously, Timothy here has. Well, Paul is addressing Timothy here, who is obviously having stomach issues. Okay, he's, he's 
He's saying he's right. a wine for that stomach. So he's having some issues. Back in those days, they didn't have good bottled water. They didn't have mm-hmm. good water purification. Their water was horrible. And, and due to the to to that, he's telling him to drink some wine, settle your stomach, and get back to serving God. So wine, in, in, at least in my mind here, okay, so defining what wine is, it is an alcoholic beverage. We're, we're, we're saying that wine is bad unless you have a stomach ache, then it's okay. According right. to Paul. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't drink wine. It's, it's bad for you. you know, unless you have a stomach ache, then, then it's all right. And then you can drink it. That, that, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't compute in my brain. God, you know, in my mind, then I'm going back, well, God's not the author of confusion. So God's saying mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's bad. Don't drink it. But if you have this issue, then then it's okay. But then it's bad again, so don't don't touch it. Uh, wait, wait a second, God. <laughs> this doesn't make this make no sense. Right. You know, um, oh, oh, let me give you one more. I know I said one more, but this not really blow your socks off. <laughs> Luke chapter 7, verse 33 through 34. Listen to this. For John the Baptist came neither eating, drinking, nor drinking wine. And he's and ye say. He hath the devil. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees here. Then he says, the son of man, which is Jesus, is come eating and drinking. Ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Now, a lot of people are going to say he wasn't drinking wine. That wine there is referring to grape juice. I sincerely disagree. Uh, the wine, if we go back to what did it mean when they translated the Lord of God, it was an alcoholic beverage. It was intoxication. Yeah. So John the Baptist didn't drink it, but then Jesus here is admitting, saying, here's the Son of Man come eating and drinking. So Jesus not only would turn the water into wine, but then according to that, in my opinion, he's also drinking it. Now, he doesn't get drunk. Jesus was uh, sinless. He was the sinless, perfect uh, Lamb of God, but he did drink it. And so if if it's not, if Jesus could drink it and, and still be the sinless Son of God, then that would tell me that it's not a sin to drink it, but it is a sin to be drunk. Now, I, I've got family members. They don't know the difference between drinking and getting drunk. And every time they drink it, it's, <laughs> they're, they're they're wasted, man. And, and for them, I would say, you know, you need to abstain. I mean, if you can't handle it, you can't, if one drink, if one glass isn't enough for you or, you know, or however much it would take to get drunk, if you can't, if you can't have enough self-control, but even there, you know, a lot of folks will say, you know, where our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, I mean, I, I would agree with you there, although Jesus was the son of God, yet he drank, he drank it. But it's, it goes to the same aspect. I think we've had this conversation before where uh, gluttony is also ranked in there many times along with, with being drunk. And how many, how many, I'll just be honest, how many fat preachers have gotten up preaching against That's alcohol, right. but then they're going to go down to the KFC and stuff their faces. <laughs> you know, exactly. uh, it's, it's, it's a double standard. You know, if, if your body, if you're really concerned about your body being in the temple of the Holy Ghost, then uh, we'd have a lot more uh, in, uh, fit preachers. And I'd be speaking of myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near where I need to be in that area. But, oh, that makes sense. Uh, Absolutely. That side of things. 
um, it's 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 amazing how much detail goes into it uh, with all these verses and um, and how a lot of times we take a verse and we read it, and yet you know if you sit down and study it, there could possibly be so so much more uh, with these Absolutely. verses. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned um, well, you mentioned a lot of things, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I hope I didn't you know, throw too much. No, it was it was perfect, man. It was absolutely beautiful. But you know, um, you know, um, me personally, you know, we, we read these verses and you know, water, wine, and you know, in, in every case, uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, wine is alcohol and it is bad. There's no author, of conf- you know, God is not the author of uh, of confusion and everything. Um, given to you know, too much is. You know, too much wine is a uh, is a bad thing, but a little sip here and there is uh, is okay. Um, you know, as you know, and you know, this I tell people all the time. You know, I I, I study the Bible and I do what I can. You know, um, do I go in depth with it like like you do? Uh, probably not. Um, I read the Bible and I and I read it and I say, look, there it is, and that's how I'm going to live my my life by it. Uh, one of the biggest sure. things, and I'll and I'll quickly. Um, I'll quickly, um, you know, uh, say this really quickly, but, um, yesterday I took my parents out to eat and it's all, it's a restaurant here in, um, here in my hometown. Um, it's called Vernon's and, uh, Vernon's is an awesome place. Uh, it's a, it's a fish place by the lake. It's, um, they sell, you know, it's all fish food, I guess, seafood, I guess. And it's a lake. I love, you know, and I yet love they're so, absolutely, yeah. man. It's, it's awesome. Um, but, um, but there, there was a bar there. It's kind of like a Chili's, you know. But it's, it's more um, not so chain. It's just it's one owner, and it's and it's a lot of fun, music and everything. A lot of fun, a lot of clean fun. But there is a bar over there around the corner. Of course, yeah. you can't see it or anything like this, so that's why we go. But um, but I did notice when we, when 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 we first walked in, there was a little girl sitting on the the couch. That little girl was sitting there, and uh, we came, had dinner, had a great time. We were there about an hour and a half, uh, just me and mom and dad and my wife, you know, chit-chatting, talking away. Um, but when we left, that little girl was still sitting there. And um, I got to thinking that there's there's a, probably a big possibility that her parents are out there getting drunk while this little yeah. girl is um, is is having yeah. to sit there and wait while her parents are drinking. Um, sure. You know, we – you know. You know, the Bible says a lot of things about alcohol. It says some good things. It says some bad things like you were talking about. Um, I think in today's age, we are just seeing so much destruction with alcohol. Um, You know, we we, like this little girl. She's having to witness her mom and dad, you know, getting out of their mind, out of their sober mind and going to this drunken state. And she sees her parents. You could you could almost say being a little disabled. They're, they're not, you know, in their right sure. minds. They can't help her if something happened. They can't be responsible. You know, you mentioned about, um, um, oh boy, I, I can't think of it now, but you talk about, you know, how the king was going to be a ruler. Solomon's son, I believe it was, right. was right. going to be a ruler. And he said, you can't be drunk, you know, cause you have responsibilities. Right. You have to right. lead a nation. And, um, Right. And I believe, you know, we could apply that to our, um, to our, as, as, as men, you know, me and you, Absolutely. as we take Absolutely. care of our wives and, uh, as we take care of our children, if we have any, but, um, we, uh, 
we, we have to be in our sober minds and we have to be smart and we have to make decisions, important decisions. And I believe if we allow alcohol to, to come into our lives, it not only can destroy our lives and careers, but it can, uh, it can destroy our marriages and our families. Um, today we're, fa- we're facing a, um, a major crisis that, um, that alcohol is completely, uh, destroying families. Um, and the destruction that comes along with it. Um, mm-hmm. What I tell my teens, you know, the, my, 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 my youth group and what we study and those who ask me, um, there's a lot of study in the Bible. And like, like you, there's a lot of people that know about this topic but better than I do. But I believe that especially for young teens and for a young marriage couple to just completely stay away from it. It's a, um, it can be used as a dangerous tool. And I believe if sure. we drink this stuff and, and the Bible does warn us, Hey, you know, maybe you could drink a little bit, whatever, but too much is too much. And it, you, you won't be in control. You'll be out of mind. Uh, and it's bad sure. for you. Um, I believe that during those times, um, when we're drinking a little bit, you know, you mentioned, well, maybe one more won't hurt me. I believe when we take one sip that, that the devil can make a stronghold in us, that he can say, Hey, you can take one more drink. You can do this. Uh, you can handle it. You're better. You're stronger, man. You can handle your alcohol better than he can. You know, I, I believe that sure. I believe the devil uses alcohol a lot today in time. I believe that teens, young, young adults, are, uh, are being pressured into uh, drinking alcohol because it's, it's um, socially acceptable. It's uh, it, and yeah. it's a dangerous tool. I believe that, it, you know, it can destroy a young person's lives forever. You know, we always see that uh, commercial on TV where it's a slow motion ca- camera and it goes through the, it goes through the cops, it goes through the ambulance, it goes to the firemen and there's a bunch of different wrecks. There's fire and smoke everywhere. There's bodies being pushed out of the way. And there's a young, probably 16-year-old kid sitting in a car, handcuffed, in the back of a cop car. And it's saying, don't drink and drive. And um, I believe there's a lot of destruction that can come with it. So uh, it's interesting how, you know, how we read the Bible. And there's a possibility that, you know, that God says, look, this isn't necessarily a sin, um, there's, there's a, uh, you know, if we study a little more, you know, we can't really say the item is the sin. I uh, believe the heart can be corrupted and, and we can turn anything into a sin, into an item. We talked about the wine and how, um, how it can control people, how it can, uh, change people's minds and, uh, how it can become somebody else's God. Um, so there is a lot of dangers and, um, and it's interesting. You did I, I say, think- um. Do what? No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Okay. I, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned, uh, uh, that it can, it can ruin your life and everything if you don't control it and, and everything like that. But, Absolutely. uh, but anyways, Aaron, let's take a quick break. We have a few more minutes, but let's take a sure. quick break. Let's take a pause. Uh, this is the first time we've ever taken a pause here on the episode, but if you're cool with it, we can still talk a little bit longer if you're willing. But, uh, anyways, let's Man, take a quick I've, break. I've got all night. Awesome. All right, everybody, I'm Landon Barris, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrioses. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Landon Barris, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrises. I'm joined uh, here with uh, Aaron Grabanski, a youth pastor out of uh, Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing awesome. Well, again, I didn't say it earlier, <laughs> but I, I really do appreciate and I'm honored that you would invite me on and, and allow me to get on here. I hope, hope I can be a help and a blessing. Oh, absolutely, man. I hope you can come on again sometime soon. <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm having a time uh, online, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Aaron, real quick, have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever been on a, uh, on Spotify or a podcast or radio or anything like that? I, I, I haven't. No, not not, not at all. I, I guess people didn't think I was uh, smart enough to do anything like this. <laughs> well, look at me, and I'm a host. <laughs> Aaron, I, not to make you nervous, I don't know if you know this, but um, we, we just arched about over 500 people average an episode. Um, oh, my. It's, yeah, so it's, it's amazing how quickly it takes off, and I believe this is going to be episode 14. And we're already almost half a thousand people. So, um, and like I said, you know, my, my, um, my podcast listeners are from the age, most of them from the age of 18 to 32. So, um, uh, we have quite a, quite a broad, you know, um, viewers out there that are listening. And I don't really know what it is that brings people to this podcast other than what we talk about, you know, the subjects we talk about. Um, I, Aaron, you know, I, I believe very strongly that that young people need answers if you go back yeah. and listen to the rise and fall of churches and a new hope if you listen to those two podcasts it's just me and i kind of get i get a little emotional um um i get a little emotional in in those podcasts um talking about the old church before the church before us the ones that are here now and mm-hmm. uh, excuse me my coffee's getting into my belly, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I get a little emotional, but I, I, I have a, a desire to, uh, to talk about these things and try and get young people back in church. Cause without yeah. them, Aaron, you know, we'll, we'll completely crumble. I mean, um, you know, Absolutely. we, there's very, there's very few of us to, to take on the torch than there was back in the sixties. Um, uh, there was plenty of young people serving God back then going to church. And now, today you know if we i told this to caleb but if you if you imagine if everyone 60 63 or whatever plus older just push vanishes if they just imagine if they just didn't come back to church how many churches would have to close their doors um how many churches would just financially not make it um you know it's 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 a deep it's a deep question we got to ask ourselves you know who can actually I asked this to my in-laws earlier today. I said, you know, if, if everyone in our church that age and older just poof, gone, died or just whatever, what if the coronavirus actually did wipe out everyone at that age? I mean, could we still afford to run this church with the groups that we have? Because, Aaron, we run about our little church here in Athens, Texas, Central Baptist Church. We run about 80 people, maybe 60, yeah. you know, hit, miss. Um, but I counted been counting for quite a few Sundays now. And if everyone about 60 or 60, uh, 65, whatever, plus just poof gone, um, there'd be 12 people in our church mm-hmm. and actually only eight adults. Wow. Now that's not including my youth ministry because they're not exactly members, whatever. So, 
um, just members wise, it would be eight adults. Uh, and two uh, of them are me, me and my wife and three other couples, which is her parents uh, and two others. So it's a pretty, you know, pretty interesting topic to, or pretty interesting question to ask yourself. Um, Aaron, that was an amazing uh, last segment there about alcohol. You know, we 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 looked through a lot of verses, but a great conversation about it. Um, I really appreciate you going in depth with that and explaining uh, what are your thoughts uh, on that topic. Um, I think I it's important you. that absolutely, man. I think it's important that we Christians, even though we disagree and even though we uh find not me and you necessarily but you know in general the christians may disagree but th- it's no reason to split a relationship or fight over um you know you and i we're both not here to change each other's minds or um Absolutely. or to, to necessarily debate it's just having a conversation i think i think too many churches are have um they they they've started a click and if you don't click with this church, then you got to go somewhere else instead of a church growing sure. together and uh, being stronger with um, with one another. But um, Aaron, this, have... this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say on that, you know, I, I think we have really majored on the things that we disagree on and, and we'll leave out the things that we do. For example, you and I disagree on the, on the fact we're not alcohol is okay to drink or not but we do agree right. at the very least that it is absolutely wrong to get drunk on um, mm-hmm. you know, so, i mean there's still some common ground i, I you know you hear the story of uh the young girl sitting there at that um uh restaurant no doubt right. her parents yeah. off somewhere getting drunk i mean i can i can sit here and go you know i, I agree or disagree that may be okay to or or okay or not okay to drink alcohol but i can will definitely sit right there and say that yes if her parents are off getting drunk and she's just sitting there all by herself and yeah that's absolutely wrong and it was sad because there was a she just had a, 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 a an ice cream and it was just the same little ice cream <laughs> was, yeah or maybe maybe it was her third ice cream i don't know but um but anyway but yeah it's it's sad to to see that but yeah uh, that common grounds, it's important to find. It really is. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just got excited because no, no, I no. just, I, I thought about I that little say. ice cream. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, now you got me on ice cream. <laughs> this late at night? <laughs> oh, bro. It's never too late for ice cream. Never too late for <laughs> coffee or ice cream. Amen, brother. Amen. Aaron, um, there's one, there's, Two more things I want to talk about to you, but if you have time, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, it's the topic about tattoos. There's, uh-huh. um, there's, you know, more people are getting tattoos more than ever. And uh-huh. it's not just in our churches. I mean, obviously, this is in the world. I mean, you know, you talked about uh, expressing yourself. Uh, uh-huh. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, tattoos is a form of expressing yourself and uh, it used to be a form of worship. Uh, you and I have mm-hmm. talked to the, about that before, uh, out mm-hmm. off, off the air. Um, but, um, but, uh, you know, personally, there's not to me, you know, and kind of like the alcohol issue, I have not really studied a, a deep amount 
I've read the verses. I've prayed and meditated about them. Seriously, I'm not just saying that. Um, and I believe, you know, what I believe my stances on alcohol are. Uh-huh. Uh, tattoos is a little bit different. It's obviously in the Bible, there's not as near as a um, as many verses on alcohol that there is on tattoos uh, or on tattoos sure. that, on alcohol that there is on tattoos. You know, tattoos, they don't there's not a whole lot of verses um, on it. And in fact, I don't even think the Bible says the words tattoos. Uh, unlike no. the Bible does say strong drink and it does say, you know, it references alcohol, but there's not a whole lot in the Bible that references tattoos, but um, I'll read you one verse and, uh, and, and, and it's in first uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse 19. Um, I read this verse and I read this to a lot of, a lot of folks, a lot of Christians also, but personally, I believe tattoos are wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe that as, as, um, as a born again Christian, we should not, get a tattoo. Um, I believe personally that we should not mark our own bodies. I believe that my body is no longer my own, but it is my savior's. It's God's. God owns me. You know, God, God is my savior. And I, I, I live on this world for him. That's my ultimate goal and to serve him and worship him and spread his gospel so that may others may follow in, in the footsteps of being saved. But, um, uh, I believe, you know, the tattoos are associated with evil. I believe that getting a tattoo and where you have to go and what it, what it's all about, the the core meaning of a tattoo is um, is a self-uplifting. It's really not, you know, uplifting Christ. It's not uplifting God. It's, um, it's something that we do because we want to do it. Now, you could say that with, you know, like me, I love to grill, um, and, and, and you, you gave almost, well, food, for an example, you can eat and everything and, you know, you're, you know, you're, um, you're damaging your body and you're, you know, gaining weight. Uh, but to me, this is just me in general with the tattoo. It's, it's, ma- it's uh, marking your body. It's, um, it's uh, permanently damaging or permanently making a statement in your body. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's the way I express myself. But me personally, I believe that we should be expressing not us, but the Savior, but God and, and, and Christ. And some tattoos may have, you know, you've seen the ones where they have the, <laughs> the angel wings on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know the more classic one is you know for us Christians um you know the the cross on the shoulder or the Romans uh the Roman road um sure there's several you know Christian references or maybe a Bible verse or you know the dove or whatever um, but me personally um I believe that that's I believe the tattoos is not the way to go I believe that there's other ways to express yourself and I do believe it's a sin. Um, I'll use this one verse and maybe you can explain what you think on it, what you believe are tattoos. And it says this in, in first Corinthians chapter six, verse 19, it says, uh, what it says, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God and ye are not your own. You know, Aaron, when I read this verse, I believe that it's, it's, you know, obviously it's talking about a church, but I also believe you can, uh, you can, you know, apply it to yourself, you know, like when you're saved, you know, it's explained to us, look, 
you're no longer, your body's not just your own. You know, the Holy Spirit lives in you and the Holy Spirit thrives in you. And uh, you should be uplifting, you know, um, God through your body, you know, through your works and uh, letting your fruits be known. Um, and I believe that we're corrupting the body when we, um, when we do tattoos and we, when we're, you know, making those statements. I, I believe that the Bible is supposed to have a more powerful, um, what's the word I'm using? I'm looking for a more powerful. Um, oh, Aaron, <laughs> I can't think of it. Just, just a more powerful um, feeling, you know, yeah. instead of looking at our body, when they read a, a verse on our bodies, I, I believe that that's what the Bible's supposed to be for. I believe that, you know, sure. the Bible's supposed to have a more convicting um, um, you know, way to someone. I don't. I just don't believe that getting a tattoo is the way God wanted us to do it. Uh, but there's, like I said, there's not a whole lot of verses on the Bible. I mean, on um, on tattoos um, in the Bible. So, what are your thoughts, Aaron? What What do you think, as a Christian, as a Christian from from a from a Christian young man, a Christian uh, uh, young um, associate pastor? What are your thoughts on Christians getting tattoos or just tattoos in general? Well, um, I, I think they're straight out of the pits of hell because anything that involves a needle being stuck inside me is not a good idea. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't like needles. Though. <laughs> but um, no, uh, on a more serious note, I, I'll be honest. I, I've not, I have my opinions but, but I don't I don't really have much Bible to back them up. Um, I haven't studied it out um, as much as as I have other things and as, as I should. It's it's on my list of things to kind of seek out and see what God yeah. has to say. It, it does I, the Word of God, to my knowledge, doesn't have a whole lot to say. And you wouldn't find again um, to, to my knowledge anywhere in the Word of God that says tattoo. Um, but you, you'll find other things about markings and piercing. And things of that nature, which is essentially a tattoo is marking your body. And, um, and the word of God does have some things to say about that. As we did talk uh, before, you know, off air about uh, at one point that the marking in uh, ancient civilization, that was one form of worship, you know, for the dead. And, and the word of God does warn that. I, I wish I could find the verse. I was sitting here trying to look it up and I couldn't find it. Um, are you still there? Aaron, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Aaron, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, oh, it said okay. the call ended. Yeah, it said, it said on my end too. Uh, anyways, um, sorry about that, folks. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that in there, Aaron. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't. We're, I don't mean to uh, hold that thought, man. I don't mean to, you know, you know, uh, uh, mess you up, but, um, uh, it's yeah. funny cause we are using, we're not together. He's in Kentucky. I'm in Texas and our phones are our microphones. Okay. And we are calling on our wife's phone. So we're actually talking to one another with a headset through our wife's phones and uh and using our phones as our mics 
so when the when the when the call dropped, I couldn't hear Aaron at all. So I was like, "Oh no, we got disconnected." But then I saw the timer going, and uh, <laughs> it just kept going. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Aaron, Aaron, you were saying about um, you don't have a whole lot of study on on um, on tattoos. I don't. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I want to be honest about that. I, I'm not fully studied that. Like I said, it's 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 on my list of things to do. And to seek out now, now i do have my opinions um like i was saying also earlier you know in ancient times it, it was a uh, form of worship to, to cut and, and to mark you know, one's body um that's not really what it's used for today uh, today a lot of times it is uh, more of an expression uh you're not it's not something you know most people i, mean, I say that some people uh, probably maybe still do in some cases, that you know, there are devil worshippers out there. I mean, I may, you know, get certain tattoos that are for that purpose. You know, and I would say that would be wrong. But I, my opinion, and again, I, I want to be clear on this isn't. Mm-hmm. I don't have any Bible at the moment, you know, to back any of this up. Right. But my personal opinion is is it's it's not so much um, whether or not a tattoo is right or wrong. It's, it's not so much that tattoos are wrong, but, but what the tattoo is, I think it matters more, uh, you know, whether or not you're, you know, you're getting, uh, a naked lady tattooed to your arm uh, versus maybe a Bible (laughs) verse, you you know, uh, I mean, just, you know, just, Different things I would might have been extreme. We might have to edit that out. But no, no, um, that's fine. It's no, it's yeah. No <laughs> I mean, the but, point was but, you know, that's the true, point's though. gotten it's, across. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's I, true. I, I, I would think you know, I mean, in my opinion, that it matters more what the tattoo is versus you know, is it wrong to have one? Um, you know, now going to the verse that you use, I have, I mean, and I, I think we even said this off air. This verse has been so misused, has been so overused, and, and honestly, it's been it's, it's taken out of context way too much. In the context, he says, "What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, and you are not your own." Mm-hmm. In the context, he's talking about fornication. He's not talking about even overeating. He's not talking about um, uh, drinking. He's not talking about tattoos. He's talking about people who are using their bodies. Um, in fornication, they're they're having sex outside of marriage, or they're which is adultery, verse eighteen, which was still fornication. Yeah, verse eighteen says, "Flee fornication; every sin that man doeth without the body, but he that commits fornication sin against his own body." What? No, yet not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's talking about fornication. Um, mm-hmm. Now, can the application be applied you know, for other things? Certainly. Again, mm-hmm. no, you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you which you have of God and you are not your own. We do not belong to ourselves. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But in the context, he's not talking about tattoos. He's not talking about even overeating. He's talking about fornication. And, and so, you know, we have to make sure we keep those verses like that in context. You know, we can't always, t- and I'm not, hope I'm you know, taking, I'm not jumping on you or anything. Just saying no. in general, people, you know, we, we can't just take something that we don't like or we think is wrong and then jump. What? No, you know, that your body's the temple. Holy Ghost, you know, because it's not what he's talking about. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, and, and I hate saying that, you know, I go through alcohol and get all these scripture verses and I have very little on tattoos, but 
Um, there is definitely the word of God does certainly talk about it. And that's, you know, a good thing to maybe for your listeners to, to think about the word of God on a lot of things may not specifically say the, by name, the very thing that they're thinking of, for example, tattoos. I don't, I don't believe, I don't think there's even the word tattoo throughout the whole entire um, book uh, of the Bible. Right. But you'll, you'll find. Um, in the King James version, at least. Yeah, in yeah, uh, yeah, in the yeah. King James version, which is what I use. This is what we use. But exactly, you, yes. But but you you you'll, you will find it things that'll that's what it's talking about. You know, marking your body or cutting your body, piercing your body. It's it's that's what it it means. That's what it's talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, I I I, t- I tell people and my listeners, and you know, had a conversation with other people that you know the Bible cannot be the size of a dump truck. I think everyone, right. and I get this, I get this all the time. And Aaron, I, I know you get this too, uh, that the, these people come up and they say, well, where in the Bible does it say, do not uh, smoke weed or do not get tattoos, do not drink alcohol, um, mm-hmm. do not uh, slap your mama with a bucket of chicken. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, where does it say that in the Bible? <laughs> but it, but Aaron, you know, the, it doesn't, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for, uh, thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt do this. Thou shalt do that. You know, the, I think the Bible, mm-hmm. the Bible can't be the size of a dump truck. You know, it's, it, it's gotta be right. written. It was written perfectly. We both agree on that. We believe that there's no flaws mm-hmm. in it. I mean, the word of God is perfect. Um, there is a conversation whether the King James is perfect or not. I guess that's up for another day or time, whatever. But um, yeah, that, that, that's definitely another day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we would be here for a while, forever. <laughs> but um, but you know, the Bible can't be the size of a dump truck. It's the Bible. What the way it was written, it's perfect. It is um, it's perfect to be put on the side of your bed, to carry around, to put in your pocket, to download it on your phone. I mean, it is the way it's worded. And I believe very strongly that, you know, study to show thyself approved. Um, I believe that Mm. the more we study the Bible, the more we study the Bible and pray and meditate on God's word. I I believe, Aaron, that God reveals more to you. You know, I believe if, if you if you have a desire to study the Bible and if you have a desire to get close to God and have a better relationship with him. God will not shut you down. He will continue to build that relationship and he will reveal more things to you. You and I have both heard of the preacher that preaches up there and says, Hey, I have preached this verse thousands upon thousands of times. And it wasn't until about a month ago that I saw what it really means, or I had a new understanding or whatnot. You know, I mean, the Bible, you know, God reveals himself through the Bible to us. And I believe the closer we are to God, the closer we we want to be, have a desire, the more God will reveal himself uh, to us. Sure. But, um, yeah, I think on the flip side of that, too, you know, um, where, where, where people you have to understand that, that, that just because it says thou shalt not this or thou shalt that doesn't mean that it's not in there. It may right. not use just because it doesn't use those specific words doesn't mean it's not in there. However, on the flip side of that, that not everything is in there. You know, there may be a reason, reason 
why God doesn't say thou shalt not this is because that's not wrong. Or or reason why God doesn't say thou shalt do this is because he doesn't intend for you to do that. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a a balance there that has to take place. Um, You know, we, I don't think you have to to be careful going and looking for things that aren't there, I guess is, is where I'm trying to get at. But because God, 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 here's, here's one thing I, God really kind of showed me the other day with the word of God. The word of God is not a book of rules. Yeah. It is It is not, although there are rules in it, but it is not a book of rules for us to keep. It, it is a book of, of ways that God says, this pleases me. It's a list of ways that God says, if you want to please me, do this. If you want to displease me, then do this. It's, it's, it's not a, a book that we can just sit there and go, well, God is just trying to control my life and God is just wanting to do this and do that, and do this and do that. Well, if God wanted to control your life and, and, and suck all happiness out, out, out of your life, then he would have never left you here. He would never sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Right. It's just simply not so. But God does intend for us as his children for us to please him. And God says, if that's, if this, if that's what you want me to do, if that's how, you want to live your life, which is how we should. The God says, here's my word, and here's a list of ways for you to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and it's, it's, it's going back to, you know, how, how perfect it's written. And uh, there's so many people that it's, oh, it's, it's funny because, you know, there's a lot of people that even that group in church their whole lives. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to be at church and be in church. Does that does that make sense, Aaron? Absolutely. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who are at church, but they're not church. in church. That's right. You know, um, it's um, it's uh, it, it's it, I have people all the time that's been in church as longer than I have asking me questions. Uh, where in the Bible does it say this? Where in the Bible does it say that? And um, and I can't I can't say for a strong answer. Look. The Bible doesn't exactly say what you're looking for, but there are stories and there are some examples. And like, you know, kind of like this verse that, yes, it's talking about fornication. Yes, it's talking about this, but you can also apply this to this and that. Um, Is that right or wrong? Personally, that's what I do. I find a verse and I say, yeah, it's talking Mm -hmm. about that, but you could also easily apply this to this day and time, you know, don't smoke weed because you're as a Christian, you are destroying your body and uh, you're going to get all butterfaced and everything. It's going to be terrible for you. But, um, Aaron, there's a, um, there's another quick, um, question I want to ask you. And it's, again, it's, it's, it might be mentioned a little bit more in the Bible. Um, but what about, what are your thoughts on, um, on homosexuals in church? There's a big conversation about, you know, we should love everyone. We should accept everyone for who they are. And there's there's quite a um, there there there's been a little bit of a I may use the wrong terminology, but like an uprising of people, mm-hmm. of Christians mm-hmm. saying that, listen, that they're born yeah. that way. So if if they're mm-hmm. born that way, what do you do? I mean, does God make them? to where it's impossible for them to get saved or is it, it does God place sin in that person's life at birth? I mean, what, what do they do? You know, what are, what are your thoughts on homosexuality? My personal thoughts is that it's wrong. 
Um, if we look at mm-hmm. Judges towards the end of the chapters, um, the, towards the end of the books, uh, we find the story of a, um, oh man, I forgot it, but I can find it. Anyways, but it's a long story. But anyways, um, it's about this man. He goes, finds his servant because she ran away and he stayed at his father-in-law's house. And um, and they ended up leaving and they were going back home and they had to go. They stopped at, a, at one of the tribes of Benjamin's, um, I guess, counties or tribes, whatever. And um, yeah. Uh, long story short, as they were spending the night in a man's house, these men were knocking on the door and they wanted uh, the master. They wanted the man. And um, unfortunately, the man offered up his daughter in this man's concubine, which is the woman that ran away in the beginning. And the men said, no, that we want the woman. I mean, we want the man. And um, obviously we see the... um, the city of, uh, oh my goodness, I'm losing my train of thought. Glamora? Glamora? What is it? Was Solomon Lot? Solomon Glamora, yes. You know, we see those yeah. situations. Um, so there's cases in the Bible where we see where the destruction and going back to the tribe of Benjamin, you know, all the other tribes, eventually they got together and they completely almost wiped out the tribe of Benjamin. They just left a few people to rebuild um, the tribe of Benjamin back up. But we see where God stands on homosexuality and everything. And we see where the Bible is. But as Christians today that are faced with it more than ever before, uh, it's been out in the open. It's been, they have parades about it. I mean, there's hol- There's probably going to be a national holiday here in a few more years. Who knows? I mean, but uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on, on Christians claiming Christianity and yet being homosexuals? And how does the church handle, you know, homosexuals? How how's it, how's it a, how does a Christian handle homosexuality? So, well, first of all, uh, I, I, let me make sure that I'm abundantly clear that I do believe that homosexuality is a sin. <laughs> okay. um, that is not. It is not how how God designed it. God created created Adam and Eve. Uh, he created man and a woman. And he put them two together. If God ever uh, intended or or, or, or designed uh, for for a man and a man to be together, or a woman and a woman to be together, he he would have created them as such. Yeah. Uh, but he did. He, he he created man, and then he created woman. Uh, he said, "These two shall become one flesh." Uh, he, he he designed it all that way. Um, so anything outside of that is to go outside of God's plan. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, you'd have to believe that that's that you have to believe God in order to, to understand that, I suppose. Now, how does the church handle it? How does, you know, maybe give me a little more clarification on what you mean by that. It's like, are we allowed to, to allow them in our church? So or, or, let's just, or what, like, what, what are you talking about? I'll give you an example. Uh, let's say there's, um, Let's say there's a couple, two boys, um, well, boys or men, whatever. There's two males. Mm-hmm. They, they step in church and they, they continue to come to church. Um, I'll give you two different scenarios. One scenario is two couple, there's a couple of gay men. They're coming to church and they continue to come to church. They don't ask to join uh-huh. or anything, but they continue to come to church together. And it doesn't seem like they are separating at all. How does the church handle that situation? Mm-hmm. 
Another situation is that a gay couple want to join the church. So there's two different, uh, mm-hmm. just slight, slightly, slightly scenarios. There's two gay couples. One of them just continues to come, has no interest in joining, but they come to all the um, activities or whatever. And then there's a couple wanting to join. How does the church handle those situations? Okay. Well, the first situation, there's a couple, they're coming, or two boys, whatever, they're, they're, and they're, they're coming to church. Um, then let me give you a situation that you have a known drunkard coming to your church. He is known. He gets drunk every Friday and Saturday night. In fact, many times he stumbles into the church. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't cause any trouble. He just comes and he, just, he comes and just sits down in the back of us and just watches the service. Are you going to kick him out? I don't know. I, don't know. I, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to ask you this. I, I, there's, there's a guy, he's, he's a known cheater. You know, he, he he, him and his wife, he's still married, but he, he cheats on his, on his wife. His wife stays with him, but he cheats on her all the time. Everybody knows he does. Uh, but he comes to church. You're going to kick him out. You're going to kick people out of the church because of their sins. Is what I'm getting at. You're going to kick them out, keep them from coming because uh, of their sin. Now, it's because they're sinners and then they're, they're doing what sinners do and they're they may or may not know it's wrong, but they're coming to church. The, the one place, at the very least, the one place where they can get help and hear the truth. The preacher doesn't back down. He, he doesn't, just because they're sitting back there and he knows the kind of sin that they're in, still not maliciously, but still preaches against it. They are hearing the truth. Are we going to turn them away from hearing the truth, mm-hmm. regardless whether they're homosexuals, drunks, um, the adulterers, whatever it may be, are we going to turn them away from the one place that they can get help? I guess, Aaron, just to... My answer is going to be no. It's not. Right. My answer would be no. Now, am I going to let either any one of those people who are in known sin join the church? Probably not. And that would go across. I would go across the board. You know, if, I, if there's a man, I know he's got a problem with with being drunk, and he stumbles in my church every Sunday morning with with alcohol in his breath. He can come all he wants, but I'm probably I'm not going to let him join the church because he's 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 living in known sin. The man that comes into church and 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 he comes and he listens to the preaching and even has his wife with him right there. Um, but everybody knows that every Friday night he goes out and cheats on her. And she knows it. I'm probably not going to let him join my church. Uh, he can come all he wants, but I'm not going to let him join. It, not, not in that condition. If he wants to get right, the drunkard wants to get right uh, with God, then, then okay, after a period of time, we'll, we'll talk. But if they're going to live in that, then no, you're not joining the church. The same would go for the homosexual couple. I'm not going to turn them away from the place that, that maybe the word of God will get to at least one of them and, and, and be, able, be able to work in their lives. I'm, I'm, I'm going to love them. I'm going to say, man, I'm going to shake their hands and say, man, I'm glad that you're here. I'm, I'm glad to see you. We're, we're, we're excited that, that, you're, that you come and worship, you're going to worship with us today. Do I agree with what they're doing? Absolutely not. Yeah. Am I going to get up there and browbeat them? 
know, but if that issue comes up in the message that God's put on my heart, I'm still going to preach against it just like I would drunkenness and just like I would um, adultery, but I'm, I'm going to love them and I'm going to try to hopefully share the gospel with them. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to turn them away. Jesus said, I, I, I've, I've come, um, I'm not come for the righteous, but I've come, uh, oh, not how did he say that? The, 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 the whole need, need not a physician. Right. Uh, you know, it, he, he, he's not come to, to save the righteous, but, but call sinners to repentance. Uh, and that's what the church is for. Yes, the church is for the saints. Yes, it's it's for us to come and it'll worship God. But it's also a hospital for hurting people. Um, we're all the time wanting sinners to come to church um, and hopefully walk an aisle and get saved. But we can't be surprised when those sinners come in as sinners doing what sinners do. Right. Aaron, this is just a question for our listeners. Trust me, I, I do know the answer. But um, why would a church not allow a homosexual, a drunk or a cheater to join the church? What what makes the difference between them just coming and them being a member? Are you, are you asking? Me? Yes, yes, I'm asking you. That's I, I know the question. Oh, OK, okay. okay. so what, what? So the difference is. Um, we're all, even after salvation, we're all going to sin. But there's a difference between sinning, okay? I, I, I mean, I, I sin today. Mm-hmm. But there, there's there's not a, a, a an area in my life that I'm just living in outward, outwardly known sin. I, I'm not saying that a homosexual, that I wouldn't allow a homosexual to join my church and me not know it. Uh, there, there's a great chance of that. You know, someone come out and find out or they're homosexual and they joined my church, you know, three years ago. Yeah. I had no idea. You know, they, for, when I, because like at our church, that we, there's a, I don't want, want to sound worse than what it really is. There's a little bit of a vetting process. You know, we, we want your salvation testimony. Uh, we want to, to we give you our, our um, bylaws and in our, in our, our church constitution and our statement of faith where mm-hmm. you can see what we believe and why we believe it and see if, it, if we line up with one another before we ever you know extend that um, that arm of um, where, where you're allowed to join the church uh, because joining when you join the church then then you've got voting rights and you've got different things where, where you get a say at what takes place at that local body that local assembly. Whereas coming to church, you're just coming to hear the preaching and worship the Lord. Now, that's our main focus all the way around. But when you become a member, there's so many other things that are involved that, that we need to make sure we're on the same page. And, and, and personally, a, a man, again, I'm not saying that a man can't get saved and cheat on his wife. I'm not saying that a man can't get saved and, and also get, get drunk. But someone who's living in constant sin, uh, in a state of sin of 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 being living in adultery he knows it's wrong but he's just not going to get right and man that's just constantly getting drunk he knows it's wrong but he's not going to get right and someone who's in homosexual in a homosexual relationship and they know it's wrong but they're not getting right i'm just i mean you can you can mark it now more likely they're not saved and a not saved person isn't going can't join the church how can you be part of the church if you're not even born again Right. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it completely makes sense. You know, we um, we can't allow the church is a body and the church is supposed to be in, in, right. in one body. 
go in the same direction. You know, the Bible describes it as the body needs to be in one mind, have one goal, and that is to preach the gospel and to mm-hmm. to spread the gospel, to spread his um his uh, his message around the entire world to the other most uttermost parts of the world. And um you know if we're living in known states everyone's welcome to right. Everyone's welcome to visit the body. But you have but if you're going to be a part of the body, you've got to be going the same direction the body's going. Exactly. Exactly. And and there's 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 certain things in the Bible that describes, you know, hey, you know, you know, right. Like it's kind of like you know for a, for a fat man to eat too much, you know. I mean, of course we'll probably let him join, even though it's sin to idolatry or someone that's a, a liar and lies all the time. They'll probably end up joining the church. But it's these certain things. Let me give you an example, Aaron. The reason why I said I don't know if what I kick the person out or not, you know, and and, and you know, I this is what I believe, um, and it's and it's kind of that hard love, but um. You know, if if a homosexual, if, you know, two two gay guys or two gay women, whatever, came to the church and they continue to come to the church and they continue to to come on Sundays and Sunday nights and even Wednesday nights for studying, if they continue to come, I personally believe that the church has an obligation. They have a uh, responsibility to sit down and talk to them say, listen, this is what we believe and this is how we how this is what the Bible says about. Uh, the way you're living your life. And I would do the same thing to a drunkard or a cheater, you know, um, right. you know, or someone that's causing trouble in the church. Either way, I believe the church has an obligation to say the men of the church, really. Um, and if right. there's women, there needs to be, obviously, if they're going to be have a meeting, there needs to be a few wives in there, you know, just in case. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's safety precautions. But you know, I believe that we need to talk to them and say, listen, this is, what you're doing wrong, kind of like the preacher would be preaching against it and everything. But I believe strongly, you know, if they refuse after you've given them multiple chances and multiple times, you've talked to them, you sat down with them and you say, look, this is what we believe. You, you've got to learn to change. I've got to learn to, you know, I'm, I, I don't know what words I would use, Aaron. Like I said, I'm, I, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm, 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 a, I'm a church member. But, you know, I would sit down and want to just discuss with them their their condition and where they're at in Christ. But I think at the end of the day, if they continue to come and if they continue to to not change, I mean it's isn't it wouldn't you agree it's kind of like a, a bad app a, 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 there's a basket of apples and there's one bad apple that can ruin the whole batch. And think about you know the youth kids and the and the children. I mean they're seeing this every day. They come to church and yet they see, you know, um Two homosexuals sitting there and coming and coming to study and everything. What, you know, personally, I would believe if there come a time after a good time where you've uh, explained to them and everything and you've allowed them to come, that eventually if they refuse to change that, you would have to sit down and say, look, you know, you can't come anymore. I mean, that that's what I believe. Well, that, So he, he, here's, here's the problem I have with that. The problem I have with that is. That's like telling them, look, if you're not going to get saved, then you can't come no more. Because until they get saved, they they, they can't change. Yeah. We can't expect to change until there's on the outside, until there's been a change on the inside. Now, where I would agree is, let's just use the homosexual couple, for example, mm-hmm. is if there is a constant hanging on one another 
and 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 every every time I you know or, or ever so often I look and, and I turn and they've given one another a kiss. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Yeah. At that point, then then I'm gonna say, look, we love, we're we're glad y'all are here. Y'all are we're, y'all are welcome. We we want you here. But this is what we do believe, and 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 we can't have that here. If if you're gonna if you're going to act that way, if you're going to uh, display affection to one another, yeah, I agree with then, that. Then yeah, you, you 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 we can't have you say here now. If they're willing to to, I mean, they can come and sit by one another, and you're gonna, if you're going to come and, and and sing, you know, in the congregation, I wouldn't let them sing the special. But if you're going to come and sing congregation, you know, and and listen to the to the message and, and, and you know be peaceful about this then yeah i have no issues you mm-hmm. coming and hopefully maybe the the word of god will get in and and, and will convict them and and, and will change them i would do the same way to a drunkard if a drunkard came in drunk and started causing a scene like in the middle you know and it's obvious you know he's not shouting he's just drunk then i'm also gonna come i'm gonna go to him out as well and say look dude i'm glad you're here i want you here but if you're gonna act that way you can't stay. I'm sorry, but but you can't do that. I'm not asking you necessarily to change. Whenever you know there's not been a change on the inside, you're not. You're still that old man. You're still that old creature. But you can't act that way uh, when you're here. You know, if if I found that, found out that the the the, adult, the adulterer is hitting on some of the women in my church, then yeah, I'm going to ask you, man. You, you can't stay and do that. If you're going to do that, you, you, this is not the place for you. But if they're just coming and then they're just they're just trying to see what we're all about and they're just trying to find out, I mean, what is this Jesus man? And what is it really all about? And what is this church? Maybe they've come for two years and they still are trying to figure that out. By by that point, I'm thinking, okay, come on, something's gotta give at some point. But at the same time, I'm not gonna come go to them and say, Look, since you're not saved yet, you just can't come no more since you're homosexual. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna do that. That's I guess I wish I could have. I may have worded it wrong. I'm not sure, but what I guess my what I was trying to uh, say. Is, and I apologize. No, I no, purpose, purpose. That's perfectly fine. I guess what I was trying to say is, if I'm not seeing any fruits, um, you know, if of course, like you said, if they were definitely kissing or or hugging each other, holding hands, or openly showing display, there's going to be some issues there, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And. <laughs> But but if there are seeing fruits, let's say one of them stops coming and the other one keeps coming. I mean, let's say that there's mm-hmm. absolutely no affection being shown. Let's say that they just they're mm-hmm. they're not causing a scene. They're just coming. I mean, you know, I I guess I guess Aaron, it would just be the situation because you know you as a as a sure. uh, as a youth pastor. As, as you know, as knowing that there's children in the church, I want to protect them from seeing these things. I don't believe that the church necessarily the children. Well, but the thing is, is they're going to see it where they're going to see it there, or they're going to see it right. in the world. I mean, you're not. I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, just because they may not see it in the church, that they're going to see it, right. it out in the world. If they go to school at all, if they watch TV at all. By George, have you watched Netflix? Oh my like, we don't, we actually don't even go, have it. They are going to yeah, see. We it. don't even have it anymore. I mean, we're totally off. <laughs> yeah. Once right, the office right. Left, you know, so I, I mean, <laughs> right. No, I love the office. Man. Don't get on my office now. But, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's it, we live in a day and time where 
just because we may shield it from them in church, unless that family is super strict, it, it, you're, you're not protecting them just be, uh, from seeing it just because they don't see it right. in church. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. But now, I, I'll be honest with you, Landon. They, they're, I, you know, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I like the conversation, but if your church is anything like my church, if a homosexual couple comes to our church and we're nice, mm-hmm. we're probably one of the nicest ones around. But one of two things are either going to happen. Either they're going to get saved or they're not going to stick around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of the way Because we, we, we preach pretty hard against it. <laughs> but, you know, if they did, I mean, I don't you know. You, you understand what I'm Absolutely. saying? And I get the whole protecting the kids. But, dude, I mean, if, if any kid with a smartphone, they're they're seeing they're seeing that's way true. worse than that's that. true way that's way true. worse um i just i look at it as you know as a young man trying to get my wits together my ducks in a row um always always sure. trying to i want to if 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 and when we do have kids whatever the lord may have in store for us but i want to protect them you know i want to protect my youth kids uh, when i Absolutely. believe when you come to church we need to do all that we can. We wanted a safe haven. When it, we wanted to be protected, but that goes back to the point where you click. What you know, it's it's not just for Christians. It's for the it's for it is for the the homosexual. It is for the drunkard. It is for the cheater. You know, and but I believe that the church has has to handle those situations properly. And my church is probably a lot like your church. I don't disagree I, with know, that. I I you know our church may be our church probably be the same. I mean. I don't think, I just don't think, I don't think it's almost possible for two couples to come to a church like you and I's uh, and survive two years without either leaving or completely changing. Um, I guess it's just sure. more about how does the church handle I, I don't it? think they should be comfortable. I don't think they should be comfortable in their right. sin. Just like I don't think, you know, a, a, a drunk ought to be comfortable in their sin. I think they ought to feel welcome. I think when they come in, they ought to know, man, those people, I mean, they must not know that I'm a homosexual because they freaking love me. <laughs> but they ought to also know where we yeah. stood. They also ought to know that, man, I also did feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, in the fact that I am who I am. I'm not because how they treated me, because they freaking treated me like I was like the next superstar. Yeah. But they, but, but you know what I'm saying? But, but, but their sin at that point, not, not the fact that we treated them in a bad way, but their sin when they were there, all of a sudden became uncomfortable. Right. All of a sudden, it felt wrong, uh, you know, and and that that has to do with you know the mm-hmm. preaching, you know, that has everything to do with the preaching. Yeah, it does, Aaron. It really does, you know, and it's a tough situation for churches have to go through, um, you know, uh, and yeah. And oh, it's a it's it's an, it's uncharted. It really water. is. Uh, we had we had a homeless uh, hom- a girl, a girl who claimed to be homosexual in my youth group about a year ago, and man. It was it was difficult. I mean, we we let her come. It was clear. Look, the girl that that you claims to be your whatever, you, you ain't holding hands and not hugging. Mm-hmm. You ain't kissing on one another. She can come. She can come. You know, and 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 we'll we'll be nice, but but you, we're not doing on this other stuff. And it was just one of those things. I told my pastor. I said there was no class on this in Bible college. They didn't, they didn't teach you on how to handle this stuff so important in seminary that we need to have those conversations. Yeah. 
Um, there's there's one thing to just Absolutely. learn how to preach the gospel and this is uh, salvation and this is how, how a church's doctrines and everything. But like, you know, we're the church that we're going to inherit, Aaron, is it's not the church that our grandparents inherited. I mean, the field that we have to harvest is. Is very hard. It's going to be very tough. Um, things are more open. Things are more sure. expressed. Um, people are encouraged to express themselves, whether it's through um, alcohol, whether it's through tattoos, or um, or through homosexuality. Um, and you know, as, as a youth minister, uh, young people are stupid. <laughs> they, the teenagers, are stupid. Yeah, they you they don't it. know. So and, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's sad, but. You know, I know young people, young girls. I don't, I know a guy, but I don't know him anymore. I do know a girl that went down that road of a homosexual uh, in her high school years. And uh, thank the good Lord, she came back on track. She's back in church. She yeah. married a, a, an awesome man, which I hate to say it, but I, w- I wouldn't have imagined this young man marrying her due to her background and unfortunately Aaron you know she's local well, of course you can uh, but she's local and um everyone knew her as one of the gay people but she's not gay anymore but yeah. forever she'll be known she'll have to carry those burdens of you know she was this and she claimed it and um but some people aren't like that some people they're they're looking for answers there's young people looking for answers but they just don't know where to look and yeah. i don't think the church should shun yeah. them away um but it is a question of how does the church handle these situations and i you know if you and i believe you, like you said there's got to be some rules they got to say hey this is what we believe we want you to come but you can't be a member okay not until we get not until we get things straightened out. Um, now, public display, you can't be public displaying these, um, these uh, you know, uh, holding hands or kissing or making out. And this is, goes along with your teenagers. Um, and, and, you know, and the hard thing is, you know, when do you, you know, get the bad apple out of the basket? I mean, before it destroys, because you know how easy it is to destroy a youth group. Um, it's not like, it's not quite like a church. I mean, one, a little bit of drama and the whole thing can collapse. I mean, and then click starting and everything, but it's, um, it's going to be some difficult times, Aaron, when, when we're in our forties or we're probably in our thirties, um, when, when it, when we, um, when we really start inheriting the church and being in the older men of the church, I can only imagine what the field that we have to harvest will look like. Um, can only imagine. Yeah. I, and that's why I believe this podcast. And it's sad, man, because, you know, you work on building a youth and you work on building a church for so many years. And if you if you get yeah. 10 people to join within five, six years, boy, that is progress. But, brother, I've had this podcast since mm-hmm. October 10th. This is my first uh, October 10th or 16th. Anyways, mid-October. I aired the first episode and now I'm averaging 500 and let me look at it, 515 people listening to the podcast in less than a wow. year. And it's, it's, it what is a blessing. a blessing, but it's also sad because you see how many people are wanting answers, but they don't want to step in church. You know, they sure. want to hear the gospel, but they don't sure. want to be a member. Um, 
you know, it's, 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 it's sad, but hopefully you and I can do some encouragement to some of these people. And I hope that some of this, these topics that we've talked about this evening, um, or, you know, whatever time, uh, you're listening to this podcast. Um, I hope some of these topics were able to clear some things up for you And mine. I want y'all to know that Aaron is a loving brother of mine. I've known him for many years and, uh, the conversations we've had tonight, we have uh, obviously had before. Um, we don't feel ill to one another. We are two Christians that we are all. two Christians that love to talk about the Bible and that we both have a common goal. We may disagree. We may agree on different issues, but we both are serving the same Lord and Savior, and we're both working in the same field. And our goal is to reach those who are lost and to grow the church and, most importantly, make disciples. Well, salvation, obviously, but also to um, to um, grow disciples. And that's that's what we're out to do and um, is to... Um, to to get off the milk, go to the bread and then to the meat. In other words, um, to mature in your Christian walk of Christ, um, to to become a stronger Christian, to to get involved in church and to take on responsibilities and to find yourself as a young person. Um, Aaron and I, we both we're both married men. You know, we know how difficult it is to be teenagers or, or young people. Uh, we're young people right now, but um, both of us have a, a desire to serve God. Aaron Grabanski, it is um, such an honor, man, to um, share this podcast with you and have you on the air. Uh, I love you, man. I love you, brother. You've uh, you've been an awesome blessing to me, and um, I love that we've been able to have this conversation together. Oh, man, the the honor is truly mine. I, I'm I'm privileged. Thank you so much for, for asking me to come on. Hope it, hope we can do it again sometime. And uh, I love you too, man. man. Appreciate you. Aaron, before we get off the air, um, you mentioned uh, off the air that you do some Facebook accounting and stuff of that nature. What is all that about? So, um, I, so I, I do a photography business on the side. And part of what I do um, at our church is I run all of our media department. And so, and then there's a couple other ministries outside of our church I do a lot of graphic design, things like that for their social media accounts and stuff like that. So that's kind of just little things that that's my passion is photography, videography, uh, uh, graphic design. That's that sort of thing. That's what I really oh. love to part of the businesses I'm trying to get, get awesome, off the ground. Man. Awesome. Well, we'll be praying for you and hopefully you get that getting going. That's important too, man, is uh, social media. You know, obviously you can, you can put it in the news and you can tell it to voice, but we live in a day and age where it's all about social media. It's all about, you know, everyone's on the phone. It's kind of like the podcast, you know, how, how hard it is to grow a church, but how easy yeah. it is to get almost a thousand people to listen to just some country kid in Texas and some uh, small church uh, associate pastor in Kentucky just to listen. And, but hope they get so much out of it, you know, but we live in a time of technology, man. And that's an important trait to have. Aaron Bansky, I appreciate you coming on. I love you, brother. We'll be praying for you and your church. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right, folks. I'm your host, Landon Barrios, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrioses. Thank you all so much.